Go ahead and throw a rock and you're going to hit another realtor. So the question is, how do you get ahead? There are a ton of us out there, but the truth be told, only a small percentage of us run successful and profitable businesses. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. My name is Chris Cusimano and I have been in real estate for over 20 years. I've been an investor, a realtor, a coach, trainer, mega agent, and team leader. I am obsessed with finding and trying all of the ways to perfect my business. And I'm here to share with you my never ending journey so you can become just one of the few agents like myself who truly makes a name for themselves in real estate sales. Once again, my name is Chris Cusimano, and this is the Podcast by Cusimano. Hey, what's happening? My name is Chris Cusimano, and this is the second episode of our new podcast. It's Podcasting with Cousy. It's designed for real estate tips from any real estate agent, or even if you're not an agent yet and you're thinking about it, or basically almost anyone who runs a small business. We have very tactical and practical tips for everyone on all different levels. And today we're going to talk about the question that I get the most, which is, hey, Chris, I was thinking about becoming a real estate agent. I get this almost every other day, if not every single day. It's obvious why, because the career could be amazing. So today I'm going to answer that question and you know, I'll just give you a kind of foreshadowing to it. For a lot of people, it's going to be yes. And for a lot of people, it's honestly going to be no. Today we're going to explain that. So we're going to discuss the pros and cons of being a real estate agent. Then we're going to talk about the real world stats, which might bring some of you down. But then we're going to lift you right back with some motivation to get you back in the game. And at the end, I'm going to show you how to get started if you decided that real estate career is for you. I'm going to show you how to get your pre-licensing school done for free and also some real world training that you can get started for free also. I'm going to talk about that at the very end. So before we begin, I promise to document my my journey into podcasting because this is only my second episode. And honestly, I still don't kind of know what I, I really don't know what I'm doing all that much. What I learned in episode one was, well, my intro sucked. If I'm being honest, I, so I decided to hire a professional to do an intro, someone who, whose job it is to do introductions. So we're going to have that coming out. That's obviously, well, maybe it's at the beginning of this episode. I don't know yet. We'll see. Well, I'll, I'll check my emails when we get done here. If it's still me talking in the intro on this one, that means it's not done yet. I thought it'd be easy. I've heard other people, podcasters do their own intros and they sounded fine. I guess I'm not built for it. So I hired someone else to do it for me. So I'm kind of excited to check out that new intro. Two, before I started recording yesterday, I bought a bunch of equipment. I researched online what equipment that we should be using and I bought it, but I didn't want to wait in typical Chris fashion. I just decided to figure it out and I pressed record and I simply recorded through a wired microphone that attached to, uh, I downloaded this app called Fairwrite on my phone as a mobile recorder, recorded into that and exported that audio into my computer and I edited it with the free Mac program called GarageBand. And it actually, after I was done, I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, this turned out pretty darn good from a, a cheap iPhone mic and a cheap iPhone recorder app and a free GarageBand app on the Mac. And that's all I used. And I almost regretted my purchase of the microphone, but you know what? I decided that quality is key. So I'm gonna keep a microphone, which is right here, actually. By the way, I if you're listening, I'm showing people on YouTube what it is, which is the next thing I learned in the next step. So I got a microphone, which isn't plugged in yet because the recorder is not here yet. When I checked the recorder out, that I the recorder is a device that records the the audio, obviously. But when I when I looked online to see where my package was, I realized I ordered the wrong recorder. It was only for one input. So if I wanted to interview people, I would have to either get another uh, recorder. So there's recorders out there where you can plug in multiple mics and it will record them all to to there. So I'm going to leave this 
solo recorder when it comes here for my at-home corner office that I'm in now. And then at my real office, I'm going to have the multiple recorders. So that's probably that's where I'll be doing interviews and all that. So all good. Lessons learned. Oh, what came with it is this cool little handy dandy like like thingy. If you're listening and not seeing, it's like one of those typically looks like a studio film that goes between your mouth and the mic. Apparently it helps with, um, I don't know, sound effects and slurring or something. I don't know. B sounds. I think the box said not too sure, but whatever. It's a little cool thing that we'll put on later on. And some people might be hesitant to record before they get this, their equipment. And I would say don't because even if the quality of the sound is not as great as you hear as professional radio broadcast, it's the quality of your content that people listen to. You're never going to hear someone go, well, he didn't sound all that great. Great information, but I'm turning off because he doesn't sound that great. You know, and you never heard anyone say, I'm going to, I listened to this guy's podcast. They'd never say they listen because you have good voice quality, but they listen because you have good content and good substance and quality. So anyways, that was number two. The third one is if you're watching this on YouTube, well, I put you on YouTube or I think I put you on YouTube. I'm not sure. I am recording with two different cameras. I'm recording with my iPhone, which you can change the settings on your iPhone to record into 4k. And then you, I'm also recording on my Mac camera which isn't that good and i'm gonna think i'm gonna try to merge both of these together and split cameras i don't know yet if it's working if you're seeing me on two different cameras on youtube then it worked and if not then it didn't and if you're looking at me straight on it's from my computer if you look at from the side it's from my iphone so again we're gonna figure this thing out and i'm gonna document my journey as i go so let's talk about why we are here today today is about if you want to be a real estate agent and i think we really need to start with the numbers on that so in order to really get a full grasp and a real meaningful, a meaningful education or thought process, if you should be a real estate agent or not, let's look at, let's get to dive into the stats. That's your key. So in 2020, there are 5.64 million sales that real estate sales that performed in the United States, but there's only 1.5 or 1,564,547 agents. And if I can do math, I don't know. What is that? I've never been really good. Let's say four. Let's say that average is out to four sales per agent for, uh, for 2020. But let's be real though. There's top producers like myself and a lot of agents and colleagues of mine who do really well, who pushes 30 sales, 50 sales, 100 sales per year. That's heavily skewing that number where the likely scenario is that most agents are doing closer to zero, one or two or did that last year. So, and I guess proof is in the pudding because the average income is $43,330 last year, $40,000, $40,330, which again, it's kind of skewed because agents like myself make way more than that. And other uh, high end top producing agents make way more than that. So truth be told, their income is probably closer to 10,000. And as a matter of fact, I know that it's accurate because the next stat that I, that I pulled up is that average real estate agent who's been in the business for two years or less earns less than $10,000 per year. So if you're an agent two years or less, the majority of you are gonna earn less than $10,000 a year. Not the cream of the crop, but just the most, most people who entered the business. But the good news is, is that 64% of real estate agents who are in it for 16 years or more average $150,000 or more a year, which is a very, very good income. But if you don't have 16 years, well, if you can make it six years, then that's time when most agents, the the higher than the 50% mark, the better than average agents will be making their six figures. So 
Uh, here, here's the kicker though. A big kicker I want to uh, put out there that people don't talk about. Yes, that's the money you take in, but that's income. That doesn't really account for the money that you spent because remember, you have to remember this is a business. This isn't a job. No one owes you anything. You need to spend money to make money. You need to reinvest in your business. This is not an employee job. So if you invest in your business like you're supposed to do, you're probably wondering, well, how much should that be? Well, according to the greatest real estate book ever written or that I ever read, it was written by Gary Keller. It's called the MREA. EA. I actually have a copy right here if you see it on YouTube. It's called the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Book by Gary Keller. Actually, I have, this is my signed copy, I think. I have a signed copy from Gary somewhere. And if this is it, yep, there it is. Look at that, how cool is that? Of course, if you're listening, you can't hear it, but what I'm doing, I'm showing the screen my signed copy of uh, gary keller awesome this book really changed my trajectory of my career a really good book but in this book they talk about everything real estate related and in it it says that you need to invest 30 percent back in your business what does that entail well that's going to be a future podcast but anyways my point was that although you saw that that was income that doesn't include cost of sale so the income is should be about 30 percent less than that so another stat that i pulled up was that out of the one million 564,547 real estate agents. 21% of them who were surveyed said that they weren't too sure that they will be in the business for much longer. I mean, that's a pretty, that, that, and that's just the people who admitted it. And the, the reason why is because let's be honest, this is a hard business. And in order to have someone hire you and represent you in their biggest financial decision in their lives, they need to trust you and they're going to trust that you're not going to screw this up and that you'll be honest and competent and not have what's called commission breath. And if you are, uh, what commission breath is, is when you're making it very obvious that you care more about the commission than the relationship that you have with your client. And if you're not making many sales, then it's much easier to have commission breath. Be focused on the commission than focus on the relationship and the impact you're having for that family. People have to trust that that's not going to happen with them. As we know from calling friends just to hang out, getting people to come for not just for their self-interest and be competent enough to actually show up to a party is hard enough. Never mind finding a real estate agent who is competent enough to handle the transaction of the sale. The people need to trust that you're that you're going to do that. A couple things that I, I want to touch on if you're thinking about being a, inside of real estate is that when I coach people, one of the biggest things I coach people is that you need to treat this, yeah, this is a business. This isn't getting a job at Chili's. This isn't getting a, a job at a doctor's office. This is a business. You need to treat it as such and you need to treat it seriously. So in addition to that 30% that you're going to reinvest into your business, you got to show up to work. All right. So you have to show up to work. And what I always tell people is that you come in at 839 at the latest. If you can get earlier, great. And you spend the first half of your day up until noon or so really making connections and working through your business plan and your marketing plan. And in other words, prospecting for business. Um, there's a number of ways that you do that. I teach my personal way of doing it. There's a website called thesuitupagents.com. And we, we also host free Zoom trainings every two nights, where, Tuesday nights where I show you how I do these things. But anyways, whatever method of prospecting you want to do that, really should be the first half of your day. And then what you want to do is you want to grab your lunch at your desk. And on your computer, you're going to watch training videos of how to get better at your business. And you're going to do that while you are eating lunch, you're being productive. And then after you're done putting your lunch and you're ready, you got your hands free and you're ready to go, then I'm going to advise you to either get back in the prospecting if you don't have any clients, or you're going to start working on your business as opposed to working 
in your business. So what what does that mean? Working on your business and working in your business. And when you're working in your business, you're actually doing the job. You're drawing up contracts, you're showing homes, you're in negotiations and all that stuff. But working on your business is where you really focus on growing your business. Maybe it is how to hire the right person. Maybe it is how to master your craft at negotiating skills or master your listing presentation or, or master how you, how you work with buyers and learn all these skills. So no matter what you're doing from the morning until you go home, if you're not on appointments, you are working in and working on your business. That's what I always tell people to do. The next thing I want to always advise people is that you want to first be the person that you want to be. What does that mean? Well, be the person that you want to be simply means you want to start dressing. You want to start acting. You want to start speaking like you want to start educating yourself like and showing up as and most importantly, thinking like the badass agent that you want to be. I see it all too often and truthfully, way more agents do the opposite than do this is where they show up at the office in, in casual clothes and they treat the office like a casual hangout where they're just talking buddies. They're usually in the lunch break room or by the coffee machine, trading war stories, talking smack about their clients, and then they wonder why they are struggling. It's because they aren't taking this seriously. And by seriously means doing the things I told you before, showing up early, building relationships, prospecting with people, People, eating lunch at your desk, educating yourself, working in and working on your business all day, every day. And then if you do this for months, if you do this for a long period of time, six months, seven months, eight months, maybe even a year, then maybe it starts to look good financially for you. But it takes that long to really get going every day, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. Day out. So whenever I see people going, oh, I'm going to do this on the side. I'm, I'm going to do this part time or, um, you know, I'm just going to do this for extra cash. What uh, things that I'm, actually I want to talk about, ironically, those two main reasons that I hear all the time that people enter real estate, that they're going to get in quickly. They want to get in because they want, because it's low barriers of entry where they can get in quickly and they can make cash. So they're looking for quick cash, which is ironic because that is the exact formula for failing. In real estate, there is no quick cash. The only people who are going to hire you when you first get in or people who feel bad or feel guilty because they're your friend or a colleague or sisters or, or brothers or whatever when they hire you. But if you don't have an actual game plan, if you don't have a work ethic, if you're not building your business, working on your business, checking market stats and educating yourself on what's going on so you can be a true professional people, that source of business is going to dry up real quick because you're not going to do a really good job. So even if you get a deal here or there just because it landed on your lap, that's not a sustainable business plan and it's not going to last long. Two, if you focus on just making money as your primary motivating factor of being a real estate agent, then you're not going to do well because in order to be good at real estate, you it's, it's such an, an emotional business, an emotional time for someone. You have to be a trusted colleague and the key word there is trust. They need to trust you that you care more about the relationship you have with them more than anything else, more than your own commission, more than your commission breath as we spoke about earlier. To relationship Relationships are key and people are going to see right through you if you're all about your commission. We have a thing that we have a saying on our team. It's called people over profits, people over profits. In other words, what we mean there, we rather a transaction, in other words, our commission to go down the tubes at a financial loss to us if it was not a benefit for our clients. And the flip side to all of that is by focusing on our clients' needs more than our financial gain. The flip side is it will grow your business even more. So you may, if you don't, if you, if you're not looking 
with blinders on and if you're looking far out the bigger picture let's say john's deal was canceled it wasn't in his best interest his brother who was an agent who just cares about it he just got his license he cares about his commission more than anything else because it's his side hustle it's for extra quick cash wants that check more than he wants to be a rep a true professional he puts him in a situation that that's good for him now he's living in a house maybe he spent a bunch of money maybe foreclosures maybe he's struggling financially and that relationship is sour however let's say john hired uh, a professional like you or like myself or someone on our teams or someone similar and they get an amazing experience however something just didn't pan out and it was in that person john's best interest that he pulled john to decide like hey I, I don't think this is a good thing for you let's move on john's gonna appreciate that a lot more you might have lost that commission then but when john does sell or buy in a later date, John will be using you. And consequently, or the result of that even further is that John's gonna tell everyone about you. So if you need a selfish reason to be a good person, then that's it. However, you should seriously be in it because you're just a good person and you wanna represent your people well. And if you wanna represent your people well, you need to be in this treating like a, a job, like a real career, like a full-time profession, because that's what your clients deserve when they hire you to pay you the money that they're paying you. On the flip side of that, I highly recommend that you join a brokerage who trains you like a professional. So often real estate agents, and I'm, I'm going on a bunny trail tangent here, they focus on brokers who will are cheaper or don't have, or, you know, they really offer anything. Well, in the absence of value is a lower price. So you have to ask yourself, what makes more sense? Go into a broker who gives you tools, training, culture, that's going to grow your business where you're going to be a better real estate agent, not only for you and your family, for, for people. Or do you care about the short term savings of your business, which is inevitably going to just lead you down to be in the bottom barrel of the income producers that uh, that we spoke about before. You have to make that decision. I know those are stats and I know I kind of gave you like a little punch in the gut there, but this is when it gets more ex uh, more exciting. And this is what I tell everyone when they're thinking about getting in, into real estate, that even though this is hard, most this is a good thing. Most people look at this as a hindrance. None of you, of course, because you're here on this podcast, more watching this vlog on YouTube. But most people see this as a hindrance. Most real estate agents see how hard it is and they walk away. It wasn't that easy money that they were expecting. They might have made a deal or here or there, but they really didn't get what they thought they're going to get by real being a real estate agent. I mean, the numbers just prove that. But the smart people like yourself realizes that this, the challenge, more challenging it is, is the bigger opportunity for you to do well. The harder something is, the more rewarding it will be. The harder something is, the less competition there will be. And the harder something is means that less people are going to be competing with you to take business from you. And essentially, that's what you're doing when you're entering in any business. When you enter a new business, you are not creating new business you are taking business from someone else, business that would have went to someone else. For example, let's say if I, let, we talked about this book. Let's say if I opened up a bookstore, I moved to a new town or you moved to a new town and there was a bookstore there for 50 years and then you moved to town and you opened a brand new bookstore. Well, there wasn't a need for another bookstore. The business was already there. That amount of business was there. You didn't create a new need. What you're trying to do is create business from that established bookstore. So when you become a real estate agent, remember, that's your that's what essentially what you're doing. You're taking business for someone else. And the best way for you to take the business is just being really good at what you do. And don't look at that as a negative thing. That's a good thing because this industry honestly needs good, solid real estate agents who treats it professionally and treats it seriously like a real career. Again, the harder it is, the better that it will be for you. So if you accept the challenge that you are in, how hard it's going to be, and you work through it and you're tenacious, you, there's no reason why you can't have an amazing career, why you can't be a top producer. 
I was, the, I'm a top producer and I barely graduated high school. You could be a top producer too. You can do well. You have to be tenacious. You have to be hungry. I would advise you to burn all your bridges. If you need a side income to get going, I highly recommend you save six months worth of income, put it in the bank, quit your job and go back into real estate full time on the schedule that I mentioned earlier and doing the things. If you want to know exactly what you do, we're going to talk about that through the rest of this podcast. No worries about that. And as I mentioned before, Tuesday nights on Zoom or free, you can jump on anytime and join us. A link will be in the description or you can email me, message me and we'll get that out to you. So join us for free on Zoom. It'd be awesome. Cool. So if after all this, if after you're looking at the stats and it kind of give you a little reality check and give you a little motivation that you could do well, you can change your life, you can change people's lives and you can get in it. You want to move forward and you're wondering where you begin. If you want to go to the pre-licensing school, there's a free one that you can do right now. Ironically, the company that I work for, Keller Williams, just released a free real estate school for getting your pre-licensing education. This is the education you need to get your license, which essentially is the first step. You can get this if you go to kwschoolofrealestate.com. KW so kite and whisper i guess school of real estate.com and there you're going to see two options you're going to see kw prep and you're going to see kw or then you see pre-licensing kw prep is not needed to get your license it's another free supplement that kw is offering keller williams is offering you to just kind of supplement your business it'll take you beyond what the licensing uh, class will take you to help you start with your business the right way and then the pre-licensing is what you need so you'll click on enroll now and you can pick on those two tabs if you just want to get your license you pick on pre-licensing you're going to on the map there you're going to find the, the location closest to you and then it's going to give you an email address or the phone number and or both of the market center that will reach out to you to get you going for free and if you want if you want to be awesome thinking about going that route put my name down as your sponsor i would appreciate it i'm the one who told you about it put me in as a sponsor if you do that i'll make sure that I take care of you do some cool perks get you on the phone or do something we'll talk personally about some personal training and stuff like that. so do that if not i understand too so if you rather not enjoy a free school from the largest real most successful successful real estate broker in the nation, then that's fine. Just play any paid, paid options. I personally like realestateexpress.com. There's a link of that in the description down below. If you're watching YouTube or maybe it's in the podcast. Again, I'm still not too sure if there are <laughs> descriptions in podcasts. I'm still learning this whole thing out. But if so, I'll put that link in there, realestateexpress.com. So there'll be a link there. And, and then there's a bunch of other ones. You can simply do a Google search of real estate schools, online real estate schools, and you can find them. But I like Real Estate Express, so that's a good one, .com. And again, but you can get a free one at kwschoolofrealestate.com. Now, if you want to talk about the ways that I generate... Uh, my business, I don't cold call, door knock. I don't do any of that stuff. And I teach everyone again free uh, Tuesday nights on Zoom. Or you can st or you can jump into the suitupagents.com. Suitupagents.com. Go on there. You log in for a week for free. And then after that, it's, it's less than $2 a day. No contracts, cancel anytime. And you get, it comes with a bunch of cool perks. All right, cool. So that is it with today's podcast. Uh, our next podcast I want to talk about is if you decide to become a real estate agent, you might be wondering what brokerage yet you would, uh, that you want to join. Is it is it Century Twenty One? Is it Kai's? Is it Coel Banker? Is it Keller Williams? Is it Remax? Is it EXP? Uh, is it Compass? You know. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and do my research and talk to my colleagues in each one of these different brokers. Get the pros and cons of each and then uh, I'll lay it out for you in my opinion on which broker is best for you. And then you can make that decision what's best for you and your business. With that, guys, once again, I want to thank you for your time. I know your time is valuable. So if you spent the 20, 25 or 30 minutes with me, I don't even know how long this has gone for. Then that that's something that I don't take lightly. And I hope I provided enough value for you where it made your life better. All right. With that, I'll see you guys in the next podcast or video log if this is on YouTube. See you around.